0: every son he receives. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. It says, Do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights. As I said, we've looked at the loving hudge of protection that discipline is and that it brings, and this morning I want us to see, and I believe the Lord wants us to see, that he demonstrates his love, his constant, present love, punishment and discipline. His punishment is from the law and discipline is from love. We're going to see the Lord once again establish the guilt of Israel and pronounce her discipline as a demonstration of his love and his quality continually multiplies lies and violence. He makes a covenant with Assyria, and olive oil is carried to Egypt. The Lord also has a dispute with Judah. He's about to punish Jacob according to his conduct, and he will repay him based on his actions. In the womb he grasped his brother's heel. As an adult he wrestled with God. Jacob struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept. Lord is his name. But you must return to your God. Maintain love and justice and always put your hope in God. A merchant loves to extort with dishonest scales in his hand. But he thinks things how rich. I have become. I made it all myself and all my earnings. No one can find any iniquity in me that I can be punished for. I've been the Lord your God ever since the land of Egypt and I will make you live in tents again as in the festival days. I to you. They sacrificed bulls and gilded out. Even their altars will be like piles of rocks on the furrows of the field. Jacob fled to the territory of Aram, and Israel worked to earn a wife. He tended flocks for a wife. The Lord brought Israel from Egypt by a prophet, and, Egypt, and Israel was tended by a prophet. Ephraim has provoked bitter anger, and so his Lord will leave his blood guilt on him and repay him for his contempt. When Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. He was exalted in Israel, but he incurred guilt through Baal and died. Now they can Give you a king in my anger, and take away a king in my wrath. Ephraim's guilt is preserved; his sin. His water source will fail, and his spring will run dry. The wind will plunder the treasury of every precious item. Samaria. explain his love for Israel. And the way that we're going to see this, we have to take a look as we see the discipline of the Lord. And, and first and foremost, we have to acknowledge the need for discipline. Those of you that are parents, as you raise up your kids, you see the need to discipline them. Because if we don't discipline them, danger is right around the corner. We do it to protect them. They don't believe it when we tell them that though. But this is for your own Scare me more her The candy isn't the other way. <laughs> Chapter twelve, verse one. It says, Ephraim chases the wind and pursues the east wind. He continually multiplies lies and violence, and he makes a covenant with Assyria. And olive oil is carried to Egypt. You know, as much as we don't like discipline, it's not comfortable. referred to as Ephraim. Ephraim is the name that always identifies obstinate Israel. They're engaging in a dangerous pursuit, but they're oblivious to it, as we most are ourselves when we're in it. You see, Hosea proclaims here that Ephraim is chasing the wind. The word for chasing actually means not to pursue, so don't for Israel chasing the wind picture this. Israel is trying to become satisfied by the wind by eating it. That word means Solomon tells us that futility is the same as one pursuing the wind. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 14 it says, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun and have found everything to be futile a pursuit of the wind. If pursuing the wind is futile, what's feeding on the wind? It is also an exercise of futility that would leave one empty that would leave one unsatisfied and malnourished. So Mosea proclaims that Ephraim is also pursuing an east The east wind was and still is in all countries a party, wasting, injurious wind. That is the wind that Israel is chasing. They are chasing after destruction. They are engaged in activity that's anti-futile as well as self-destructive. A dog chasing its tail. Israel chased the wind. How is Israel doing this? Continuing in sin, multiplying lies, multiplying violence. You see, Ephraim, in, in, in continuing their sin, they, they chose to make a covenant with Assyria and with Egypt instead of trusting the Lord, Ephraim trusted foreign nations. We've seen a lot of uh, promises to provide relief. We've seen a lot of promises to provide aid. How many of those have ever resulted in the country never, ever, ever, ever coming back against the U.S.? None of them them have provided any security whatsoever. How futile and foolish to trust in these treaties and these provisions and, and the promises of foreign nations over the living decided to continue pursuing idols which are nothing. Actually, idols are less than nothing. And this caused them to turn from the true God and trying to live off of their empty replacements. It's just like feeding on the wind. You will still be empty. And they were depending upon their treaties. They were, they were trusting in everything except for the one and only one who could protect them, who could provide security for them, who could satisfy them. Watching them pursuing God It should be comforting to you as well to know that God will not sit back idly on his people whom he loves chooses to chase futility. It should be a constant reminder in your life that God is real because he won't let you chase emptiness. He will step in and he will discipline as needed. What does his discipline look like? Let's take a look at an example of a life of discipline. And Hosea provides an example, and his example is through the life of Jacob. He's going to mention several key points of Jacob's life. So let's look at them in chapter 12, verses 2 uh, through 6, and then we're also going to look at 12, 12. In verse 2, it says, The Lord, who also had a dispute with Judah, he's about to punish Jacob, according with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He found found him at Bethel, and there he spoke with him. The Lord is the God of armies. The Lord is his name. But you must return to your God, maintain love and justice and always put your hope in God. In verse 12, 12, it also goes down and says, Jacob, fled to the territory of Aram It's a statement of facts, reasons that support a claim. It's a declaration or argument. The case with Judah and Hosea says that the Lord is about to punish Jacob. He's saying, Judah, look out, he's going to punish Jacob. Now Jacob is the name for disobedient Israel. Because Israel means governed by God. That was the new name that Jacob received after he had wrestled with the Lord. So Hosea says the Lord will repay him based on his actions. Never have to worry about God being unfair. It always comes down to your actions, your behavior, your conduct. He's not going to punish you for anything else other than what you are doing. He's not going to discipline you for something. I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, but if you grew up with brothers and sisters, there were times where if one got in trouble, you all were in trouble. And I think James can confess that if one person gets in trouble, everybody pays for it. God's not like that. Everybody is disciplined for what they've done. So God disciplines according to conduct and based on actions And power. Discipline carried out as a demonstration of love. should always be based upon behavior and actions. So Abraham is the father of the Jewish nation. When it was to Jacob that the twelve tribes of Israel came forth. Hosea is the name Jacob in this context to give an ill elements that he mentioned about Jacob's life. In verse 3 he says Jacob in the womb he grasped his brother's heel. And as an adult he wrestled with God. And here's the Summitist, Hosea is laying out the natural character of Jacob. So, what we see is that Jacob was sometimes looked at an unfavorable light as being held out as a beacon of light here to see the present discipline of the Lord's the nation of Israel. Because in Jacob's birth, here's the hint of his personality character. He passed his brother's heel. And the idea is that he's trying to change places with his brother. He wanted to be born first. But what ended up happening was, even through all that struggling, Esau was still born first, and Jacob came out holding his heel. How do he got his this Jacob means heel catcher, someone who deceives. Jacob will also later on deceive his brother and his father to steal his brother's birthright and blessing because he did not trust that God said, I have chosen the second. And so what we see in Genesis 27, verse 35, this is when Isaac tells Esau, he says, Your brother can struggle. Jacob lived his life unsurrendered to God. He was constantly going through double-dealing, deceitful gain, and God sought Jacob beginning him to surrender. And Hosea says that it was that at that time God literally struggled with Jacob, literally wrestled with him and submitted Jacob. But Jacob Peter says in the same way you who are younger be subject to the elders all of you clothe yourself in humility towards one another because God that Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his head. So from this point on, Jacob always walked with a limp. In fact, it is for this very reason that um, they will not eat the muscle that is attached to the hip socket. Verse 26 says "Then he said to Jacob, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And what's your name? The man asked. Jacob, he replied, and he said, Your name will no longer be Jacob. It will be Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob said, Please tell me your name. And he answered him, Why did you ask my name? And he blessed him there. And then Jacob made a place, and Your heart surrendered to him because that's the only way he can. He's chosen to work in our life. He will not work in the life of someone who's proud and says, I don't need you. He will be there for the person who says, I can't, God, I need you. And so Jacob prevailed the same way Israel must, the same way we all must. When we admit that we're lost, we know it and we surrender to God. It's important to not miss the detail that Jacob wept. It's pointed out that Jacob wept and it's his brokenness before God. He wrestled with God, and he was broken, and he wept over it. And after he was broken, you know what he did? He didn't let go of God. He didn't say, you, you know what? You broke my head. I'm out of here. He held on, and he said, now that you that, he went back to Bethel. You see, in Bethel, Jacob had first met God. Many years before, God had revealed himself, and God had given him many promises, but he had walked away. And Jacob also had made the solemn vows to the Lord, and pictured in this return is picturing that there is a new beginning for Jacob as he has now surrendered to God. talks about the Lord God is the Lord of armies. And it says that um, Jacob had fled to Aram. This goes back to the time where he had upset Esau and he had fled from Esau and he feared Esau. Back to the time where Jacob had asked to go and face his brother Esau in a place called Mahanaim, which means the two camps. And there Jacob saw an army of This is the solution and the desire outcome. Says we must trust only and put our hope only To, it's kind of a, a, a no brainer for us who are in the Lord already. But some people don't understand. You know what? When there's sin, there must be discipline. If we have kids, we understand. If there's sin, there must be discipline. In verse 7, it says, A virgin loves to absorb, extort with dishonest skills in his hand, but Ephraim thinks, How rich I've become. I may have I have been the Lord your God or since the land of Egypt, and I will make you live in tents again, as in the festival days. Since I will speak to the prophets, and have many visions, I will give parables to the prophets. Since Gilead is full of evil, it will certainly come to nothing. They sacrifice bulls and Let the man be sacrificed, kissed. It it, it says, well, it's equal here and there. And if if Ephraim presents, look at what we have, it means that God favors us. Or even worse, they said, look at what Baal has given us. Ephraim thinks, how rich I become, I made it myself. In my earnings, Prosperity is not always a sign of God's blessing. Sometimes God allows prosperity as a curse. If you don't believe that, go out on Google and Google the lottery stories. I don't think there's a single person who's won the lottery. who doesn't regret it. That's if there's still a lot. I don't know how they're going not that. turned from the Lord. So Hosea points out that when the tribe of Ephraim spoke, that there was trembling a so through it and God whittles it down and he ends up going into war with 300 men. you know why? Because God wanted the glory. And God deserved the glory. God gave them the victory. But here's what happened. After they won that victory, Ephraim said, why have you done this to us? Not calling us when you went to fight against the Midianites. That God handed you over to or been the two princes of Midian. What was I able to do to pray to you? And and so it ended up happening. and four, what ends up happening is it begins the civil war, and, and, and what they did was they said, Jephthah gathered all the men of Gilead, they fought and they defeated Ephraim. And so Ephraim said, all Gileadites are Ephraimite fugitives in the territories of Ephraim and Manasseh. And so when the Gileadites captured the forts of the Jordan leading to Ephraim, whenever a fugitive from Ephraim said, let me cross over, the Gileadites So I would see him in to And It created this huge rift. This is the pride of the Ephraimites causing issues. In fact, in, in Second Samuel chapter eight, chapter two, verse eight, it talks about how. They're like the morning mist. They're like the early dew. They're like the chaff of the smoke disappearing as nothing. And here's their biggest sin of all. They forgot God. There was a time where they only knew God in the land of Egypt. He was their only Savior. He was the one that took them out of Egypt. But in their fullness and in their prosperity, they became satisfied. They became no need for God, and so they forgot him. And it continues on to this day, look at all the nations that are satisfied and full. How many of them are Christian nations? God says, I knew you in the land of, in the wilderness and in the land of the drought. But in the land of plenty, I'm forgotten. You see, at the end of the 20th century, Americans were in a season show however, that in the 1990s church authorities gave the smallest percentage of their income and contributions since the Great Depression. Holding the Great Depression was that at any last ever in there. or something Thank <laughs> all those years ago I heard it said this way the Lord will break you and put you on your back so you can go nowhere else says, where's your king? Where's your rulers that you demanded? Where's all your leaders that you voted for? doesn't matter what side you vote for. They're not going to save you. They cannot help you. Our help comes from the Lord only. You see, God says, i give you a key in my anger. And I take away the key in my wrap He says labor pains will come on him. He has no wisdom, and when the time comes, he will not be born. That's because labor pains, when they hit on a woman, I'm going off of what I'm told. I have no personal experience with this. Despite what they'll tell you in the news, guys, we will never get birthed if they say it. I've the Labor Painters. They come back. what the Lord says to Jeremiah. He said, The one who gives the sun for light by day the fixed order of the moon and stars for light by night who stirs up the sea and makes its waves roar, the Lord of armies is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me, this is the Lord's declaration, only then will Israel's descendants cease to be a nation before me forever. He so says, As long as the sun and the stars are in the sky, Israel's mine of your life and he's saying you need to give that up. Or you've been chasing something and to continued chasing it is futility. already. Right. to God and said, no, I will not let go until you bless me. God will say of you, the same as he said of Jacob, that you have wrestled with God and prevailed. Not that you want to beat God or make God submit, but that you prevailed because you submitted to God. It's in repentance and it's in surrender that we shall prevail. you would be laid bare.